Yankee Baseball, brought to you by Atlantic and your Atlantic dealer. See him for a tank full of Atlantic Imperial, the gasoline that cleans the throttle plate area of your carburetor and helps make every trip a pleasure trip. And by White Owl Cigar. White Owl, made from patiently aged tobaccos for extra flavor and mildness. Remember, you get a lot more from a White Owl than just smoke. And now with today's game, Jerry Coleman and Phil Rosetto and Frank Messer. Here's Jerry. Look at the standings in the American League. Detroit leading the league with a 10-3 and three mark. They're a game and a half ahead of Minnesota. Two ahead of Baltimore and Washington. Two and a half in front of the Red Sox. The Yankees in sixth place. They're even up at 500. Seven and seven. They're three and a half back. Followed by Oakland, Cleveland, California, and the White Sox. With a record of 1 and 11, are eight and a half games down. Over in the National League, the Cardinals, who won it last year, have put a little daylight between themselves and San Francisco. They lead the league by two and a half games over the Giants. The Cardinals with an 11 and 4 mark, the Giants 8 and 6. Three back are the LA Dodgers, and then comes Cincinnati, three and a half down. The Braves, the Phillies, the Pirates, and the Astros, all four games back, four and a half behind are the Chicago Cubs in ninth place and bringing up the rear, the New York Mets five and a half out. We mentioned that uh, Tommy Phoebus pitched that no-hitter yesterday when the Orioles beat the Red Sox six to nothing and he picked a pretty tough ball club to pitch a no-hitter against. And there was only one real questionable play. That was in the third inning when Andrews, Mike Andrews, hit a ball that tipped Phoebus's glove and dribbled out towards short. Belanja came up with the ball, fired to first. Bill Valentine, the plate umpire, called Andrews out, and Andrews argued so strongly on the play that he was ejected from the game. But this happened in the third inning, and of course at that time there was no thought in anyone's mind that there might be a potential no-hitter in the making. As it turned out, that was the turning point in the ball game for young Tommy Phoebus. Brooks Robinson made a great catch off a line drive from the bat of Rico Petroselli, a diving, stabbing backhander. And, of course, that helped the cause a little bit. So we're waiting now for the Yankees to take the field. And while we do, let's take a look at the lineup today in the American League. Cleveland and the Senators are playing a doubleheader. They're playing in Washington. Williams against Ortega in the first game. Boston and Baltimore, a doubleheader. They're playing at Baltimore as the Yankees take the field here at the stadium. Single game between the White Sox and the Twins in Minnesota. Oakland at California, also a single game. In the National League, the Mets and Cincinnati are playing a single contest. Houston and the Cubs, a doubleheader. Philadelphia at Atlanta will play a single ball game. In other action, Pittsburgh at St. Louis, L.A. at San Francisco, single ball games. Right now, the people here at Yankee Stadium are standing for our national anthem as recorded by Robert Merrill.
First game of the big doubleheader, the first doubleheader of the year here at Yankee Stadium. Bill Mamboquet against Joe Sparma. The Yankees, after today, move on to Baltimore Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and then to the White Sox and Chicago over the weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. But they return to the big ballpark on Monday night, May the 6th, Tuesday night, May the 7th, Wednesday afternoon, May the 8th, against the Cleveland Indians. Led by Sam McDowell, Max Alvis, Sonny Siebert, Leon Wagner. They'll all be here on the 6th, 7th, and 8th of May. And then a big one that I know that you'll want to point to. The first greeting and the first meeting of the year between the Boston Red Sox and the New York Yankees here at Yankee Stadium. That'll be a big weekend set. Two weeks from today be a doubleheader on May the 12th against the Red Sox. On May the 11th will be a Ladies' Day Saturday afternoon game, and then on May the 10th, a Friday evening game. So that Boston Red Sox club will be in town, led by Carl Yastrzemski on May the 10th, 11th, and 12th. Four games set in three days. So we're all set to go. First game getting underway. Bill Mamboquet right now. Bill with a record of 2-1. and one. Ready to pitch to Dick McAuliffe. McAuliffe, the second baseman, batting at 220. Had a home run yesterday. Got three of them on the year and nine RBIs. The first pitch by Mambo Ketta. Curve is right in there for strike one. Dick McAuliffe leads Detroit in home runs and in RBIs. He hit his home run off Jim Bouton yesterday. He was the only Tiger ball player to hit home runs at Yankee Stadium last season. He had two of them. Here's the one-strike pitch as McAuliffe takes one on the corner, strike two, and you hear the roar of the crowd. Oh, we've got an enthusiastic crowd today, the biggest crowd of the year thus far for Cap Day, and, of course, a fine attraction with the Detroit Tigers, who are currently out in front in the American League. Mambo to McAuliffe. This one is outside. One ball, two strikes. Bill Mambo Kett making his third start. First against Detroit. Gave up only two hits in eight innings. That was in his last appearance on April 23rd at Oakland. He replaced Downing after the first inning. He won the ball game 6-3. to three. Downing had given up three runs in the first. 
All right, McAuliffe now is backing out of the batter's box. Time is being called by the plate umpire, Luda Muro. Marty Springstead at first, John Flaherty at second, Bob Stewart at third. There's a curveball fouled off left side back on the screen, and the count remains one ball and two strikes. Yes, sir, what a day for baseball. I tell you, if you're in the area and you don't know what to do, this is the place to do it. Come out here and watch a ball game at Yankee Stadium. It's a beautiful day. The weather is lovely. A fine crowd on hand. We're going to have some action for the next five or six hours. Here's the one-two pitch to McAuliffe. Just missed outside two and two. Mambo Kett, who goes for those corners. Bill has a lifetime mark of 111 wins, 105 losses. Against Detroit, he's 13 of 13. Here's a 2-2 pitch. Ground ball fouled on the first base side. That one going right past the first base coach, Wally Moses. Tony Cuccinello coaches the third for Detroit. And sign on the board. Today's official scorer, Maury Allen of the New York Post. Two balls, two strikes. McAuliffe waiting. Mambo Kett into the windup. Here's the pitch. Curve ball. Swung on a miss. Strike three. Mambo Kett serving up a high curveball. Got away with it. So we have one away, and here's Mickey Stanley. Stanley hitting an even 333. 11 for 33. Has three doubles and three RBIs. Willie Horton, still not with this ball club, will join them tomorrow. There's a high pop. Upper deck out of play. Strike one. On deck, Al Kaline. For those of you who may not be aware of it, Willie Horton has been out of action nearly a week after a collision with his shortstop, Ray Euler. Everybody ran over to Euler, expecting him to be the one that would be in bad shape, and it turned out to be Willie Horton, who's built like a tank. Here's the one-strike pitch to Stanley. Fouled off right side, upper deck, and that one drifting off the facade back into the lower area. The scramble is on. Well, we got the kids here today, all of them with their caps, those who got here early enough to get them. And every time a ball goes into the stands, there's a wild scramble. Mambo Kett. Ready. Here's the two-strike pitch to Stanley. On the corner, he got him. Bill Mambo Kett, so far razor sharp, striking out his first two batters, McAuliffe and Stanley. All right, Al Kaline stepping in. Al batting only at 196, off to a very slow start. He's got a double, one home run, and two RBIs. Kaline, who's in great health, has just gotten off to a slow start. There's a curve that hits the corner, strike one. Al Kaline, one of the all-time greats. Some great ball players on the field today. Some have been around for many years. The one-strike delivery. Fastball misses outside. It's one and one. Kaline for Detroit. Eddie Matthews for Detroit. Mickey Mantle for the Yankees. They've been around for many years. Mantle and Matthews with over 500 home runs. Mickey at 521, Matthews at 509. The 
Okay, the 1-1 pitch now to K-Line. It just did miss, and I'll tell you, Mambo wanted that one. It was a slider that missed low. Two and one. Out there in the upper deck and right field, the banners, some with just the number seven. Others, Hazlett, New Jersey, then the number seven. Here's a 2-1 pitch. On the ground, base hit between the third baseman and the shortstop. To Al Kaline, a hard ground ball between Bobby Cox and Gene Michael. First base hit for Detroit. First hit of the game. A two-out single by Kaline. Here's Bill Freehan. Freehan has been hitting. He's at 340, batting on the fourth spot. Five doubles, a home run, seven RBIs. But Bill Freehan has been having a lot of trouble throwing. The Yankees have stolen five bases on him so far. Six, that is. At five Friday night, one yesterday. K-line moving off first. Freehan waiting. There's a drive into left center. It's going to drop. Moving over in front of it is Whitaker. He's up with it. Throws the ball to Michael. And down to second base goes Bill Freehan. So heads up base running by Bill Freehan. And we're waiting for an official ruling, whether that's a double or whether it's a single. And Freehan went to second on the throw. Maury Allen, the official scorer. And they're giving him a two-base hit. So Bill Freehan gets credit for a double. Moving to third base is Al Kaline. And now here's Norm Cash. All of the action after two are out. McAuliffe struck out. Stanley struck out. K-line singled. Free and doubled. Tigers are threatening. Cash batting at 143. No extra base hits. Three RBIs. A dangerous hitter. Now Mambo Cat steps off the rubber. Wipes some purple off his forehead with his left hand. That's his glove hand. He took it out of his glove. All right, Mambo into the windup. Here comes the pitch to Cash. The curve is a little low. It's ball one. Mantle is deep at first base near the line. Clark back on the edge of the outfield grass at second. Giving Cash, oh, at least 25 to 30 feet of that uh, foul line is Bobby Cox at third and Michael shading toward second. The outfield shifted hard to the right and deep. Mambo Kett again. Here's the 1-0 delivery. A curve is right in there. He dropped a beauty. One and one. The Detroit Ball Club looks like a better club against right-hand pitching than it does against left-hand pitching. Cash, Northrop, and McAuliffe are better hitters when they're batting against right-hand pitching. Here's a 1-1 delivery. Strike called on the corner. Just got it. One ball, two strikes. Wally Moses, as we mentioned, coaching at first base, yelling something in to Norm Cash. This could be a crucial part of this ball game. Amboquette getting out of this inning could make or break the entire game. So Bill trying to hold him in. 
has run into trouble. Runners at second and third. Two outs. One ball, two strikes to cash. Mambo Kett ready. Here it comes. Fastball just missed outside two and two. Looked as though Mambo Kett was merely showing that fastball to cash. Well, we'll have to wait and see. What would you do? Here's the big pitch. It's two balls, two strikes. Would you curve them? Would you throw a fastball? We'll know. Here it is. There's the curveball hit on the ground. Clark moving into the hole almost behind first. Is up with a flip to Mantle in time. And the side is retired. So the 2-2 curveball gets Norm Cash. Play going 4-3. For Detroit, no runs. Two base hits, two men left. And the score after a half inning of play. The Tigers nothing. Yankees coming to bat. excitement along the way as well as when you get there when you fill up with Atlantic Imperial gasoline and follow the Imperial road forget about how your car will run Atlantic Imperial gasoline helps keep it running the way it was made to run wherever you go your drive will come alive when you take the Imperial road pack more fun in your trip and get on the Imperial Road with Atlantic Imperial Gasoline. Atlantic keeps your car on the go. Well, we're ready to go on the bottom of the first. Clark, the first Yankee hitter, stepping in. He'll be going up against fireballing Joe Sparma. Sparma so far this year is one and one, and he's been a tough cookie for the Yankees. He's seven and one lifetime and four and zero oh here in Yankee Stadium. So Joe Sparma has been tough for the Yankees through the years. Clark waiting. He's batting at 167. Hits the first pitch on the ground with his shortstop Euler at second base. Flips over to Cash. One pitch, one out. So Horace Clark, who is plagued with that bad right wrist, one that he jammed, stealing a base during spring training, off to a slow start this year. Bouncing out on the first pitch of the game with the shortstop Ray Euler. One up and one down, and now Jake Gibbs steps in. Jake hitting at 211. He's got one double, seven RBIs. He and Tresh are tied for most RBIs for a Yankee. There's a fastball that misses outside to Gibbs. It's ball one. Cleveland and Washington scoreless after one inning. That's the first of a doubleheader. They're playing in Washington. Gibbs takes a fastball in there. One and one. Don Wirt, the third baseman. Euler at short. McAuliffe at second. Cash at first. Free and behind the plate. Northrop in left. Stanley in center. K-line in right. The defensive alignment for Detroit in this first game. The 1-1 pitch. High pop. Left side. Don Wirt. Near the rating. He'll have a shot at this one. Makes the play. Well, there are two up and two down. 
comes Mickey Mantle. There's quite a thing down here. It's a big umbrella, homemade. Walking in the aisle here, and it says, Let's go, New York. Let's go, Mickey. That's an ingenious invention this youngster put together. Mantle stepping in there. Sparma into the lineup. Here's the pitch. Curve is outside, ball one. Mickey tied with Ted Williams for fourth in the all-time home run derby at 521. The next one will put him ahead of Williams, and he'll be going after Jimmy Fox. Here's the 1-0 pitch. It's low. Two balls, no strikes. Mickey Mantle came to the Yankees in 1951. In his 18th year, still one of the great ball players in the game. Sparma ready. Here's a 2-0 pitch to Mickey. Backs him off the plate. It's three balls and no strikes. Sparma making his first appearance against the Yanks. But a tough cookie, 7-1 lifetime, as we mentioned. The 3-0 pitch to Mickey right downtown for a strike. Rookie, Les Kane, will pitch the second game for Detroit, and Fred Talbot for the Yanks. All right, Sparma, the 3-1 pitch on the way to Mickey. It's outside ball four, and Mantle draws a walk. Sparma being carefully, careful with Mickey, walks him. And now here's Roy White, who's batting fourth for the first time this year. Roy leading the American League in hitting, batting at 428. Mantle, incidentally, was batting at 255 with three home runs and six RBIs. Here's Roy White. Two doubles, a home run, five RBIs, six stolen bases. Mantle at first. Cash holding against him. Wirt way in at third base. White will bunt. The pitch to Roy is low for a ball. Roy White, with all of his diverse skills, like he can bunt, he can run, beat out a base hit, a two-hopper, and occasionally will unload one. A very versatile man in that number four spot, choking way up in the bat. Here's Farmer's pitch. Swung on a miss. Gets away from Bill Freyan. But Mantle does not go. So it's one ball, one strike. Still plenty of time for much of the action here at Yankee Stadium. The first game just getting underway. We're in the bottom of the first. We've got another one to go. Big doubleheader and the weatherman... He shined down on us today. Beautiful day. Here's the 1-1 pitch. White hits a sharp one-hopper to the second baseman, McAuliffe. He's over to first with it. And the side is retired. That ball was well hit, but right to McAuliffe. No runs, no hits, no errors. One man left. And the score after one full inning of play, Detroit nothing, Yankees nothing. Say, here's the White Owl girl. Let me ask you something. What do you think about Major League Baseball? I think they should make every stadium twice as large. Then you can have twice as many people at every game. But just what's that going to do? So many fans here are smoking white owls. 
And if you had twice as many men here, why twice as many men would be enjoying White Owl. Look around. Rangers, invincible, New Yorkers. Why, they're all over. Just think. Twice as many men enjoying that slow-aged White Owl tobacco. It's wild to give that mild White Owl taste. One more thing. Who do you think will be the big winner today? Any man who lights up a White Owl. Because you'll discover something. You get a lot more from a White Owl than just smoke. I gotta hear that last line again. You get a lot more from a White Owl than just smoke. Mm. Jim Northrup, Don Word, and Ray Euler will go up against Bill Mamboquet as we go into the top of the second inning in this first ball game of the doubleheader. No score. It's Mamboquet against Farmer. Mamboquet, who was released by Detroit, this was last year, and he sat by that telephone for three weeks before signing up for the Yankees. Northrup takes the fastball right in there, strike one. Jim batting an even 200. Got a double, a home run, and four RBIs. Mambo Cat again to Northrop. It's inside this time, one and one. Mambo Cat's been around a while. Started with the Red Sox back in 1958. All right, Bill Reddy. Here's a one-one pitch. And Northrop takes this one inside. Two balls and one strike. Jim Northrop, a very pleasant young man. A little prematurely gray. Said he was getting gray when he was in high school. He's only 28. Takes a curve on the corner. Two and two. And there's a big, slow curveball. Northrop, 6'2", 190. Had a fine year last year with the Tigers, batting 271. Like he's improved in each and every year that he's been with Detroit. Although this season, off to somewhat of a slow start. Here's a 2-2 pitch by Mambo. Change up in the dirt. Full count. In 65, Northrop batted 205. Then he went to 265 and 66. And last year, 271. At 10 home runs and 61 RBIs. Dangerous hitter. Hits all fields and can pull the ball if it's slow. In other words, he doesn't pull much fastball, but he'll pitch that break, pull that breaking pitch. There's a foul back. Count holds three balls and two strikes. Bill Robinson in center field is shading him to the left of second base as though he were a right-handed hitter. But if he gets a hold of that curveball, he'll pull everybody around. White giving him a big chunk of that right field line. Whitaker playing him toward the left field foul line. Here's the payoff pitch. Curveball hit on the fist. Foul toward the first base side. Wally Moses used to be a Yankee batting coach and a Yankee first base coach. Picks it up and throws it back to Mambo Kett. The ball that Northrop just swung at was well inside and actually looked like it hit him not more than a few inches above the fist. Just dribbled out about 40 feet on the grass, foul territory toward first base. Northrop waiting. Here's the payoff pitch again. Curveball hit on the ground. A mantle at first. Flips to Mambo Cat in time. Then we have one away. 
So Mambo Kent running the count to three balls and two strikes, which you don't see too often. Gets Northrop on a ground out the mantle. And here comes Don Work, batting at 240. Two doubles and four RBIs. Don Work, we've said it before, we'll say it again, an underrated ball player that I think suddenly has begun to get the recognition that he deserves. There's a fastball that's high and tight, ball one. You know, Gil McDougald, when he played for the Yankees, was one of the great Yankee infielders, really one of the truly great ones, and yet seemed to go unnoticed. Here's the 1-0 pitch. Wirt swings and misses, strike one. McDougald played 10 years for the Yankees and was on championship clubs at three positions. Third base, second base, and shortstop. One of the all-time great infielders. Old Magoo as they call him. Here's the 1-1 pitch to work now. It's low. Two balls and a strike. Funny how some ball players will do that. Some just stand out. They're exciting. Sometimes they're overrated because they appeal to the fans and to the newspapermen. Others just go about their business, get the job done, but do it quietly. Here's a 2-1 pitch to Word. Bunts at it, misses. It's fouled at the plate. It's 2-2. Two two. We're in the second inning. No score in this first ball game of the doubleheader. Two balls, two strikes to Don Word. Behind him, the shortstop, Ray Euler. Mambo Kett. Throwing a lot of pitches so far. Here's the 2-2 delivery to Wirt. Got him on the corner, strike three. And that is strikeout number three. And while we wait for Euler to come up, it's New York Yankee baseball. It's pause for station identification. Hi, this is Jerry Ducey. Join me for my telephone talk show weeknights here at 810 on your dial, WGY Schenectady. Two down, nobody on. Here's Ray Euler, who is red hot in this series. Batting at 220 right now. Swings and misses at a fastball. Strike one. Ray Euler. Four for six in the first two games against the Yankees. Two doubles in those four base hits. He's waiting. There's a dribbler toward third. This is going to be a base hit. Euler digging. Mambo Kett gets it. Can't do anything with it. And Ray Euler gets himself a scratch single down the third base side. Boy, those are the kind you like to get because you get so you get robbed of so many well-hit balls that when you get a scratch hit like that, it kind of makes you feel a little bit good. Here's Joe Sparman now, the pitcher. Not a bad hitter. He's one for six. Takes a big swing. He can be dangerous once in a while. Stands up on the plate with a closed stance. Pulls the bat right on the end. He's waiting as Mambo Kett comes set. The pitch to Sparma's a curve that's outside. Ball one. football at Ohio State 
And then went to baseball. The pitch to Joe is swung on a miss, and it's strike one. One ball and one strike to Sparma. Two outs. No score on the ball game. Top of the second inning. We're here at Yankee Stadium, and it's cap day, and the biggest crowd of the year on hand. Mambo to Sparma. Slider missed outside. Two and one. Well, in that first game in Washington, after two innings, the Indians nothing, Senators nothing. All the action we have right now in either the American or the National, with the exception of the game here in New York right now. Here's a 2-1 pitch to Sparma. Swung on, a miss, strike two. Two balls, two strikes. And we mention again that Mambo Kett has been throwing a lot of pitches. In other words, he's not getting rid of the hitters in a hurry. He's run the count to three and two, two and two on many of the batters. And this, as the game goes on, has a tendency to tire you. All right, Sparma, the pitcher, is waiting. Euler, the shortstop, moving off first. Here's the pitch. A one-hopper, Michael has it. Races for the bag, forces Euler at second base, and the side is retired. No runs, a base hit, one left, and the score after an inning and a half, Detroit nothing, Yankees nothing. The traveling smooth on the Imperial Road with Atlantic Imperial to make the going more fun. That may seem like a lot to expect from the gasoline, but Atlantic Imperial isn't just any gasoline. It's the clean carburetor gasoline. It cleans your carburetor as you drive and keeps it clean. That can do a lot to increase your driving pleasure because dirt deposits in the throttle plate area are a common cause of stalling, rough idling, and poor acceleration problems you shouldn't have to put up with. Atlantic Imperial won't tolerate troublesome throttle plate deposits. It dissolves them and washes them harmlessly away. Then, wherever you drive, you're on the Imperial Road, where every trip's a pleasure trip. So come on in. Get on the Imperial Road with Atlantic Imperial, the clean carburetor gasoline. In the last half of the second inning for the Yankees, it'll be Bill Robinson, Steve Whitaker, and Bobby Cox. Robbie hitting a 214, 9 for 42, has a couple of doubles, one triple, two RBIs. Bill Robinson, the right-hander, facing the fireballing right-hander, Joe Sparma. Defense straight away. Robbie hits the ball to all fields. Got good power when he gets a hold of it. Sparma into the windup. The pitch to Robinson is a curve that's low for a ball. Robinson has power, although he's not a home run hitter in that sense. He hits the ball sharply into the gap. He'll go for doubles and triples. Good speed. He can run. Here's the 1-0 pitch. Curve ball is low. Two balls and no strikes. Frank Persetti flashing some signs to Robinson on the 2-0 pitch. Well, what would you do? Would you make him take or would you let him hit? Persetti at third. Ford coaching at first for the Yanks. Here's the 2-0 delivery. Robinson takes it low. Three balls, no strikes. Joe Sparma. 
last year walked 85 batters. And 218 inning pitch, which is not too bad. There's a fastball that's high and tight to Bill Robinson. He walks him second walk, given up by Sparma. He walked Mantle in the first, and now a leadoff walk in the second to Bill Robinson. Steve Whitaker, who has been having his troubles, has only one base hit in 22 at-bats. Trying to get on track there. He's got one RBI. He's got the power. Steve waiting. Stands back from the plate. Robinson at first. Nobody out. Second inning. No score. Detroit and the Yankees. First game. Here's the pitch. Whitaker takes low. It's ball one. Steve in one of those sessions where you start to press. Trying to get untracked. Everybody telling Steve about their batting slumps when they were playing before the game. He laughed, but I don't think it helped too much. Here's the 1-0 pitch. Steve, way inside. Almost got hit at 2-0. And now Sparma is going to have a visit from the second baseman, Dick McAuliffe. This is a big game for Detroit because they're going to pitch a brand-new fresh rookie, Les Kane. He'll be making his major league debut in the second game. Of course, youngsters can be unpredictable at times, and this is the one the Tigers would like to get, just in case. All right, Sparma sets. Here's the 2-0 delivery, and Whitaker takes high, three balls and no strikes. So Sparma, running into trouble here with Steve Whitaker, has already walked Bill Robinson. On deck, it's Bobby Cox. a hard worker reaches back puts everything he's got on every pitch he's ready now here's the next one to Whitaker it's high ball four and that's the third walk for Sparma the Yankees now have runners at first and second and here's Bobby Cox Bill Robinson at second, Whitaker at first, and now Bill Freehan, the big catcher, is out there talking to Sparma. All right, now Ray Euler is in there. Sparma has pitched the two batters and has not thrown a strike yet in this inning. Walked Robinson on four straight and Whitaker four straight. Now here's Bobby Cox. Cox is looking for his first major league base hit. Got his first major league start yesterday. He's 0 for 6. The pitch to Bob is in there. Strike one. The Detroit ball club half looking for the bump. Let's see what manager Ralph Hauk does. Gene Michael in the on-deck circle, and he'll be followed by Mambo Kett. Dennis Ryband starting to throw for Detroit as Farmer comes set. Here's the next one to Cox, and he bunts it foul right behind the plate, a curveball. Nothing in two now to Bobby Cox. So the pressure goes on Cox. 
Farm out in front. No balls, two strikes. Runners at first and second. No score. Bottom of the second. Waiting. Sparma getting the sign from Freehan. Detroit infield. Double play depth. Outfield straight away. Bobby waiting. Sparma sets. Here's the pitch. Curve is inside. One and two. These are tough days for Bobby Cox. Just trying to get his feet wet. Trying to get started. He's been around a long time. Eight years in the minor leagues. This is his rookie season in the majors. All right, Cox is waiting. Sparma sets. Here's the one-two pitch. Curveball swung on and just foul. Bill Freehan had it in his glove, couldn't hang on to it. So a break for Bobby Cox. Just got a piece of that ball, just enough so that it slithered out of the glove. It's the catcher, Bill Freehan. Freehan had it and couldn't quite grab it. He reached for it as it fell to the ground. All right, it's one ball and two strikes. Runners moving off first and second. Here's the next one. Cox fouls this one back. Incidentally, for those of you who may be able to help, Andy Costco, who has four youngsters, they're looking for a three-bedroom furnished home in the greater New York area, any place, to get his family located. He had one all set, and then it fell through, and now he's got his family that he'd like to bring in and get them straightened out, and if anyone can help, we'll tell you where to send the message in just one moment. Here's the one-two pitch to Cox. Curve, he goes down. It's over his head, two and two. You can help Andy Costco with a three-bedroom rental for the summer of a furnished home. Send it to Bruce Henry, traveling secretary, care of the New York Yankees, Bronx, New York. Okay, here's the 2-2 pitch now. On the way to Cox. He hits it on the ground. Word has it. Goes to second for one. And barreling into second base is Steve Whitaker. No chance for McAuliffe to make a relay to first. Moving to third is Bill Robinson. Steve Whitaker really flew into second base, and he ended up about 15 feet past the bag. That's how hard he went in there. So Whitaker forced to second. Play going five to four, third to second. Moving to third base is Robinson at first Bobby Cox, and now here's Gene Michael, who's been red hot. Michael with four base hits in the last two games, batting at 182. Got two doubles. And a couple of RBIs. One home run. Gene Michael batting from the left side. Starts to bunt. It was a safe squeeze. Wirt was breaking in. Holding a third until he saw what happened was Bill Robinson. Michael took the ball outside for ball one. Pulled his bat out of the way in time. And Gene Michael trying to lay one down. Don Worth, the minute he squared around, started breaking in a third. 
yard. Cox at first. Robinson at third. Here's the pitch to Michael. It's a fastball high and outside. 2-0. Well, you can hear it in the background. We want to hit. We want to hit. All the youngsters out here begin the chant. No score in the ball game. Last of the second. Yankees threatening one out. Runners at first and third. 2-0 and on Michael. Here's the next one by Sparma. Hit in front of the plate. Brian is out after it. Underhand flip. The catch is in time. Robinson holds the third and down to second base goes Bobby Cox. That ball hit about 10 feet out in front of the plate. No chance for Robinson to get in. Going to second is Cox. Michael thrown out at first. And here's the pitcher, Bill Mamboquette. Bill Sparma creating all of his trouble with base on balls. He walked the first two hitters, Robinson and Whitaker. Yankees on the road. Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at Baltimore. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at Chicago. All right, Sparman now taking his wind up. The first pitch to Mambo Cut is a curve that backs him off the plate, and it's ball one. Sparma is just naturally wild. He's not a guy with that fine pinpoint control. Here's the 1-0 pitch. Fastball hit on the fist off the facade of the upper deck, bounced into the lower deck and back on the field. One ball and one strike. Sparma had such stuff in that ball that when Mambo Ketch swung at it, it was almost by him. Hit it right on the fist. Cox at second, Robinson at third, two outs. Here's the 1-1 pitch to Mambo. High pop, right side. That's slicing into the stands. Lower area, and the scramble is on. Not too much wind out here today. Wish you could see that outfield. They're shaded way toward the right side, as though Mambo Kev was a left-hand hitter and very shallow. Boy, they are way in. Here's the one-two pitch. Hit the left field. Not too deep. Coming on is Jim Northrup. He's under it, and he's got it. For the Yankees, no runs, no hits. No Detroit errors. Two men left, and the score after two. Detroit, no runs on three hits. The Yankees, no runs and no hits. attempted to buy a car and found yourself burned by high-pressure salesmen, I recommend that you see the Burn Man. That's B-Y-R-N-E. And it spells the only Ford and Mercury dealer in Mechanicville, Jack Burn. See the Burn Men today for courteous service and knowledge of their product inside out. 
see the Byrne Men at Jack Byrne Ford and Mercury, 96 North Main Street in Mechanicville. Tonight on the board, last night's scores in the American League, Oakland 6, California 3. In the National League, Philadelphia 4, the Braves 1, St. Louis 7, Pittsburgh 5, And Cincinnati 5 and the Mets 3. It was all a night action yesterday in the American and the National. All right, here's Dick McAuliffe who struck out of the first inning. Mambo Kett, the old campaigner as they call him, into the windup and the pitch to... McAuliffe in there, strike one. Yeah, I guess of the pitchers, Mom Boquette is the oldest. Possibly Steve Hamilton may be in there with him. There's a fastball in there, strike two. Let's take a look to see who is the oldest Yankee pitcher. Boquette pitching to Dick McAuliffe. Delivers a curve that just misses outside. One ball, two strikes. Mom Boquette. The Bill was born in August 11, 36. The pitch to McAuliffe dribbled toward third. Mambo up with an underhand flip in time. A nice play by Bill Mambo Kett. Fine underhand toss by Mambo to get McAuliffe. Let's see, Steve Hamilton was born 11-30-36. So Mambo Kett has Hamilton by three months and a few days. All right, stepping in now is Mickey Stanley, who has struck out in the first inning. Takes low, ball one, Stanley. Right-hand batter against the right-hand of Mambo Kett. No score in this game, top of the third inning. Mambo into the windup. Delivers, the fastball got the corner. One and one. Gibbs behind the plate. Mantle at first. Park at second. Michael a shortstop. Cox at third. Whitaker in left. Robinson center. White in right. The one-one pitch just misses outside by Mambo Kett. It's two and one. The umpires today. Lou DeMuro is behind the plate. Marty Springstead at first. John Flaherty second. Bob Stewart at third. Defense is straight away for Stanley. Pulls the bat right down on the end. Does not have too much power. Hit only seven home runs last year. Goes up only 333 times. There's a shot up the middle of base hit. That ball was a bullet. He picked on a slow curve and drilled it up the middle. Base hit number four off Mambo Kett. And here's Al Kaline who got the first hit after two around the first inning. 
Well, the heart of the Detroit batting order coming up now. K-Line, Freehan, and Cash. Mambo. He's got his work cut out for him now. Al K-Line, who's been a little slow and coming to life here with a bat. Starting to get underway, but this time pops it up into short center field. Robinson calling for it all the way is under it and makes the play. Stanley was halfway down and then returns to first. So K-Line going after the first pitch, hops up to short center, two down. Here's Bill Freehan who hit a double in the first. For Freehan, that was his sixth double of the year and that leads to the Detroit Tigers. Bill Freehan, powerful hitter, batting cleanup, right-hander. Hangs right over that plate. Stanley moving off first. The pitch is a pitch out. They were looking for the possible running of Mickey Stanley. hit by pitch balls 20 times last year, many of them in that upper left arm. That's why he wears that padding. That was last year. There goes Stanley. The pitch foul back on the screen. Stanley had a good jump, and Gibbs would have had a tough time throwing him out had Freehan taken that pitch. It's one ball, one strike, two down. Now Bill Freehan saying something to Norm Cash in the on-deck circle, and he wants a little bit of that pine tar, so they throw him the rag. Tell you what's quite an experience is to walk around behind the batting cage during batting practice and shake hands with these ball players, and they've all got that pine tar on their hands. You need a bottle of turpentine by the time you get done. Really sticks. Someone has just thrown a tennis ball on the field, and Mambo Kett walks in a few steps and gets rid of it. One ball, one strike. Stanley at first base. Two outs, no score, third inning. Bill Freehan, the big catcher's the hitter. Came into the game at 340. He's one for one, a double. The pitch to Bill is hit on the fist. Short right field. Clark moving back into the short right field area and makes the play. No runs, a base hit, one left, and the score after two and a half. Detroit nothing, Yankees nothing. If you're like most people, chances are you've been on trips to some very exciting places. But you could be overlooking some exciting places right under your own nose. There are plenty of them in the great Northeast, and it's easy to include several in a short one- or two-day trip with the help of Atlantic's free weekender tour guides. These are more than maps. They're complete little travel brochures for this particular area. Each one has several fascinating tours all planned out for you with suggestions on what to look for, descriptions of the places you'll see, bits of history, everything to make your trip more interesting and meaningful. This weekend, do something different. Treat the family to an extra vacation by going on an Atlantic Weekender tour. Stop by your favorite Atlantic station for your free Weekender tour guides. And while you're there, fill up with Atlantic Imperial, the clean carburetor gasoline.
Okay, we go into the last half of the third inning. It's a scoreless ball game, this first one of the doubleheader. Joe Sparma against Bill Mamboquette. For the Yankees, the top of the batting order, Clark, Gibbs, and Mantle coming up against Sparma. Right after this half inning, we'll bring you up to date on all the action in both the American and the National and any scores we may have at the time. Horace Clark is stepping in. He bounced to the shortstop in the first inning on the first pitch of the game. Clark batting from the left side. A switch hitter, as you know. Sparma's first pitch to Horace is in there, strike one. Let's see, Clark, Mantle, White, and Michael, all switch hitters. When Peterson started yesterday's game, six of the nine players for the Yankees were switch hitters. Clark fouls it off, upper deck, strike two. Fresh was playing in that game yesterday, and of course, Fritz Peterson, a switch hitting pitcher. That's something that may go down as a record. First, the switch hitter becoming more in evidence in more recent years. Mickey Mantle, the guy who started it all back in 1951. All right, here's the two-strike pitch by Sparma to Clark. It's way outside, one and two. There were switch hitters before, like Frankie Frisch, Red Shandies, and many others, but Mantle is the guy who really brought it into focus. All right, here's the one-two pitch now to Clark. Curve is outside, two and two. Two balls, two strikes. Clark waiting. Sparma delivers. Fastball dribbled out toward the mound. Sparma is on it. Fires the catch just in time. Almost hit Clark in the back of the head. And that was a fine play by the first baseman, Norm Cash. Play going 1-3. One, one up and one down. Here's Jake Gibbs who fouled the third in the first inning. A scoreless ball game, and yet it's not moving along very quickly. Well, that'll give you plenty of time if you're in the area to come out here and see most of this first game and all of the second. Jake Gibbs now waiting as Sparma gets the sign from free and here's the first pitch a curve is low ball one Sparma has not given up a base hit and yet he's not been sharp he's walked three Mantle in the first Robinson and Whitaker in the second here's the 1-0 pitch to Jake on the ground the shortstop in the hole Euler is up with it underhand flip in time a nice play by Ray Euler Euler went over there and gave it that underhand shoot. And that ball fired across the infield. So we have two down, and here's Mickey, who walked in the first inning. Mickey Mantle. Waiting. Sparma delivers a pitch on the ground. Cash to his right. Bobbles the ball. Can't come up with it. Fires late. And Mantle is on a first base. Let's see how they rule it. 
And they're giving Cash an error. An error for Norm Cash on the play. That'll bring up Roy White with Mantle at first. A two-out error by Norm Cash. Here's Roy White. No score on the game. Last of the third. Mantle at first. The pitch to White. Curve is outside. Ball one. The ball of a hit to Cash was a questionable score, uh, call for the official scorer, but there are no hits in this game yet. And therefore, as is generally the pattern, the first base hit in the game usually has to be a solid one or one that is not disputed. Here's the 1-0 pitch. White fouls it back. One and one. Roy White bounced out sharply to second base in the first inning. White batting fourth was leading the American League as the game started today. At a 4.28 batting average. He's 0 for 1. All right, Sparma sets the pitch to White. Swung on a miss, strike two, a fastball at the knees. Both Mickey Lolich and Tom Matchett are not with the Tigers this weekend as they're attending Army Reserve meetings. Lolich normally would have been one of the starters in this series. But instead, the second game goes to Les Kane, a rookie. All right, the one-two pitch to White. On the ground sharply again to McAuliffe at second. He has this one. Flips to Cash. And the side is retired. For the Yankees, no runs, no hits. One Detroit error, one man left. And the score after three, Detroit nothing and the Yankees nothing. And now let's take a look at the scoreboard. In the American League, in the first of a doubleheader, the Senators lead the Indians one to nothing after three. Williams against Ortega. That's Dan Williams for the Indians and Phil Ortega for the Senators. In the first of a pair, Boston and Baltimore, it'll be Santiago against McNally. No action as yet. In a single game, the White Sox play the Twins in Minnesota. And in another single game on the West Coast, it's Oakland against California in Anaheim. In the National League, the Mets and Cincinnati play a single contest. And that game as yet is not underway. In the first of a doubleheader, Houston failed to score. In the top of the first, they're playing the Cubs in a doubleheader at Chicago. In a single ball game, Philadelphia and Atlanta. Wise for the Phillies, Phil Negro for the Braves. On the West Coast, the Dodgers are at San Francisco. And a later start, Pittsburgh at St. Louis. Both of those single games. And now we remind you, it's New York Yankee baseball. Let's pause for station identification. This is Bill Edwards, and I'll see you twice a day at 7 and at 1. Here on WGY 10 on your dials connected. Okay, into the fourth inning. No score in this game. Mambo Kett against Sparma. And here comes Norm Cash. He'll be followed by Northrop and Wirt. Mambo's first pitch to Cash is on the corner strike one. And I keep saying on the corners, and that's where they are.
The one strike pitch to Cash on the ground. Sharply hit Mantle on two hops. Flips to Mambo. One away. Cash bounced to second in the first inning and this time to Mantle. So he's 0 for 2. Now here's Jim Northrup. Northrup bounced out to Mickey. That was in the second inning. Johnny Sane, the Detroit pitching coach before the game, and he's just raving about some of his young pitchers. Fastball is in there. Strike one to Northrop. Warden, who's 3-0, and Les Kane, who's getting a start today, and a youngster by the name of Patterson. John just loves to work with those young boys. Mambo Kid eyeing Jake Gibbs with Northrop up there. Here's the next one on the way to the left fielder. It's fouled back on the screen. Strike two. And the little extra roar you heard was a ball rolling back that didn't quite get to the field. It's hung up on the net. Here's a two-strike pitch now to Northrop. High and outside. One ball, two strikes, one out. Top of the fourth inning. The Tigers have all four base hits. It's a scoreless ball game. Jim Northrop waiting as Mambo Kett delivers, and this one is low, two and two. Northrop was three for five yesterday. Got a home run and two RBIs. Northrop has a straight-up stance, holds the bat right on the end, feet not too far apart. The 2-2 delivery swung on, foul back off the chest protector of the plate umpire, Luda Muro. And count holds at two balls and two strikes. Oh, somebody threw a big firecracker out of the upper deck, I guess. those things can be dangerous. Uh, I wish you youngsters would be careful about that because sometimes they can land near people's eyes. Here's a 2-2 delivery. Change up. Hit the right field. Coming on fast is Roy White. It's in there for a base hit. That ball hit near the trademark. Not too solidly, but goes for a single for Jim Northrup. That's the fifth hit off Mambo. Now here's Don Word who struck out in the second. Word, the third baseman, stepping in there, facing Mamboquette. Yankee infield, a double play depth. Now Mambo steps off the rubber. Northrop at first base. The pitch to Word is high. It's ball one. You might be hearing a little activity and noise. There's a youngster who's climbed up on the screen trying to get a baseball through the netting. And even if he gets it, they won't let him have it because you can't do that. He's also got his finger stuck in that screen, and if there was a foul ball that came back there, it chopped some of those fingers right off. All right, here's the 1-0 pitch to work. It's 2-0. But he's creating more attention here at the stadium than the ball game. 
And unfortunately, he could put himself in danger there. And he has now got the ball strung all the way across the middle of the street, and he's still climbing across there. All right, the 2-0 pitch. There goes Northrop. Ball into the center field. A little drop for a base hit. Northrop on his way to third base. And on the hit and run, Don Wirt drills a single to center. Detroit with runners now at first and third. One away. And the batter will be the shortstop, Ray Euler. That's the sixth hit off Mambo Cat. Well, the youngster finally got the ball, but he's going to be escorted from the ballpark. And when he gets down, there's an officer waiting for him. That's very dangerous. A foul ball hit those fingers. They're stuck right between the screen. and can take one right off. All right, Euler is stepping in. He had a scratch single in the first. It's a high fly into center field. Robinson gunning for this one, tagging up his Northrop. Here's the throw. It goes into second base, and Northrop comes in to score, and Detroit leads one to nothing on the sacrifice fly by Ray Euler. Euler has been a thorn on the side of the Yankees throughout this entire series. Ray coming up with his fifth RBI of the year, and Detroit taking a one to nothing lead. move that ball halfway across the screen and they've got half of the special police department there to greet him as he comes down. There's a ground ball slowly hit towards short in front of the shortstop is Cox. One has it. Flips the mantle just in time and Sparmas out of there. The play going 5-3. Nice play by Bobby Cox. So for Detroit, one run on two base hits. One man left. And the score after three and a half, Detroit leading the Yankees one to nothing. Will the White Owl girl please report to the press box? How'd you know I was here? Easy. You're always where the men are. There are lots of men out here today, right? Right. You got me in the middle of my adding. Adding? Just for fun, I was counting the men smoking White Owl cigars. And how'd you come out? I lost count. There are so many. I spot some Rangers, a bunch of New Yorkers, hundreds of Invincibles. You need a White Owl scoreboard. Even without one, I can tell it's a White Owl crowd. Because we love that White Owl tobacco. It's slow-aged, mellowed to build up the mild taste. And no matter which White Owl shape a man picks, he's sure of a smooth smoke right down to the last pitch. That's a pretty good pitch you're making yourself. It's true. Every time I see a man light up a white owl, I know he's going to enjoy himself. I know he's going to discover why they say you get a lot more from a white owl than just smoke. Detroit leading the Yankees one to nothing. We go into the bottom of the fourth inning. Here's Bill Robinson. He'll be followed by Whitaker and Cox. And Joe Sparma leading right now one to nothing. Has not given up a base hit. 
Habib, who opened up the second with a base on balls. Waiting as Farmer goes into his lineup. There's a curve that's in there for strike one. Cubs leading Houston 2 to nothing. They're in the second inning. Senators won. The Indians nothing in the fourth. Robinson, a high chopper to the shortstop oiler. Has it on the second hop. Flips over to Cash. One away. Ray Euler throws that ball underhand, but he really gets something on it. Here's Steve Whitaker, who walked in the second. Yankees trailing by a run. First game of the doubleheader. It'll be Fred Talbot for the Yanks. Les Kane for Detroit in that second game. And it will be the Major League debut of Les Kane. Just the youngster. Seems to be fairly calm before the game. Rather relaxed. There's a curve to Whitaker inside. Ball one. Les Kane, a young left-hander, making his Major League debut in the second game. But right now, it's Steve Whitaker. 1-0 the count with one out, nobody on. Here's Farma, outside, 2-0. Detroit leading 1-0. They got that run last inning. A one-out single by Northrop, a single on the hit-and-run by Wirt, and a sacrifice fly by Ray Euler. Here's the 2-0 pitch to Whitaker. In there for a strike. Joe Sparma. He just rears back and unloads. Born in Maslin, Ohio. He's ready. The 2-1 pitch to Whitaker. is low and outside, 3-1. and one. See, Sparma was 13-8. In 65 for Detroit, two and seven in 66 had a real bad year, and then bounced back 16 and nine last year under the tutelage of Johnny Sane. High fastball over the head of Whitaker, ball four. That's the fourth walk given up by Sparma and the second to Whitaker. The Yankees still looking for their first base hit. The only base runners, Mantle with a walk, safe on an error by Cash, Robinson with a walk, and Whitaker has been walked twice. Now the plate umpire, Lou DeMuro, is rubbing up the baseball as Bobby Cox steps in. Whitaker at first. Cox the hitter. Bobby is 0 for 1. He's 0 for 7, looking for his first major league base hit. Cox just began to play regularly. That was yesterday. Made his first start ever in the big leagues. All right, Whitaker moving off first. One away. The pitch to Cox. High pop coming back into the upper deck and out of play. Strike one. Boy, that first base hit can be a real strain sometimes. Mike Ferraro won the third base job in spring training. And had a good shot two weeks. Did not hit as well as he would have liked, so manager Ralph House decided to give Bobby Cox a shot at it. All right, Sparma to Cox on the ground of the shortstop boiler. He has it, flips the second for one, throw to first, double play. Six, four, three, short, second to first, 
And the Yankees are out of there here in the bottom of the fourth. No runs, no hits, no errors. Nobody left. And the score after four, Detroit one run on six hits. The Yankees no runs and no hits. Extended care benefits are now available under Medicare for people 65 or over. These benefits are for the patient who's been under hospital care for three days or more and whose doctor decides that he no longer requires full hospital care but's not yet well enough to go home. If you're admitted to one of these special extended care facilities within 14 days after you were released from the hospital for further treatment of a condition for which you were hospitalized, Medicare will pay for all covered services for the first 20 days. If you have to stay longer than 20 days, Medicare will pay for all but $5 a day for up to 80 more days. Remember, Medicare does not pay for personal or custodial care in an ordinary nursing home. It does pay for medically necessary follow-up care in a specially qualified skilled nursing home or other approved extended care facility after a hospital stay. For more information, get in touch with your Social Security office and ask for a leaflet called Medicare and the Extended Care Facility. Okay, all set to go here in the top of the fifth inning. Bill Mamboquet and Joe Sparma with Sparma right now out in front one to nothing. Detroit leading the Yankees. Mamboquet has given six hits. Sparma has yet to give up a base hit. And once again, at the top of the Yankee, of the uh, Detroit batting order, Dick McAuliffe, he'll be followed by Stanley and Kaline. This is the third time that McAuliffe has led off an inning. He did so to open the game in the first and then did it again in the third and now in the fifth. He's 0 for 2, struck out and bounced to the pitcher. McAuliffe, a dangerous batter. Waiting as Mambo delivers and the fastball is outside. Ball one. In the fourth inning, the Senators still lead the Indians one to nothing. The other game, it's the Cubs two, used to nothing in the third. And right here, it's Detroit one, Yankees nothing fifth. McAuliffe takes outside, two balls and no strikes. Boquette shooting for his third win. He's been a tremendous acquisition for the Yankees. Here's a 2-0 delivery. Bunted behind the plate foul. Two balls and a strike. <laughs> McAuliffe was halfway to first base before the ball bounced back into Gibbs' mitt. Dick McAuliffe trying to get something started. Trying to beat out a bunt. races in both the American and the National right now. Red hot. There's a dribbler toward first. It's fair. Gives out. Under it. Flips the mantle in time on a close play. He had to throw that ball overhand to get it over the head of Dick McAuliffe. McAuliffe going right down that line. Gibbs had to throw it over his head and made a good play. So that one goes 2-3. Catcher to first. You have one up and one down. Here's Mickey Stanley who struck out and singled. was moving right along in the Tiger outfield a couple of years ago and then he broke a finger in a home accident. Never really regained his job again as Jim Northrup came on and with Horton, Northrup, and Kaline they have formed the outfield for Detroit. Curveball is in there, strike one. 
Stanley has been a valuable acquisition for the Tigers, but has never really made it on a regular basis as yet. Mambo Kett getting the side from Gibbs, the one-strike pitch. On the ground, Michael to his left, up with it. Underhand flip is off the glove of Mantle. Rolling back to the screen, and Gibbs is right there. A fine play by Jake. And they're charging Gene Michael with an error on the throw. And that's the second Yankee error in the ballgame. No, wait a minute. That's the first Yankee error. The other one was by Norm Cash for Detroit. So Michael is charged with an error. Stanley on at first base. And here's Al Kaline, who's one for two. Single to left in the first. Yankees still looking for the first base hit. Detroit with six. Kaline standing in there. Waiting. Mambokett delivers. There's a dribbler foul to the right side. Gibbs out and after the ball, fires it back to Bill. It's one strike on Al Kaline. Kaline, free and cash. Third, fourth, and fifth hitters for Detroit coming on now. Mamboquette comes set. Check Stanley. The pitch to Kaline. It's a pitch out. Stanley holding. It's one and one. That's the second time that Gibbs has pitched out with Stanley at first. Sometimes the manager will send a man right after a pitch out. He doesn't figure the catcher will go for it twice in a row. Let's see what happens here. Stanley moving off first. K-line waiting. One and one to count. One down. One to nothing. Detroit leads. There goes Stanley. The ball is swung on a foul back. One ball, two strikes. So manager Mayo Smith running the pattern through to form. Center's runner. Kaline had a good cut of the fastball and just got a piece of it as it was fouled back. So it's one ball and two strikes now. Al Kaline, one of four Detroit ball players to play over 2,000 ball games. Cobb, Geringer, and Crawford ahead of them. Kaline with 305 lifetime homers is only one behind the all-time home run slugger for Detroit, Hank Greenberg. Here's the one-two pitch. Fouled off upper deck by Kaline. And the count remains one ball and two strikes. You must remember, though, that Hank Greenberg, who in one year hit 58 home runs, spent four years in the service and missed a lot of home run potential. Hank, who now makes his home here in New York. Hall of Famer, one of the great guys. K-Line is waiting. One ball, two strikes, one out. Stanley moving off first again. The pitch to Al is another pitch out. Then Gibbs looking for Stanley to run once again. So let's see just what happens this time. Two balls, two strikes. A different pattern now. It's a two-strike count to K-Line. Stanley at first base. If he goes and K-Line doesn't like the pitch and takes it for a ball, Stanley will have to get a good jump to steal a base. Let's see. And he looked like he was going, but Mambo Kett threw over to first base and Stanley has moved back. Mickey Stanley at first, safe on the air by Gene Michael. 
Two and two on K-line. Stanley moving off first again. There he goes. Here's the pitch on the ground. Michael is breaking towards second. Comes in, flips the mantle in time to get K-line. A K-line went over first base and it looked as though his leg gave way momentarily. And he seems to be gimping just a little bit coming back. He hit that bag rather hard. And as he did, he sort of went down, it appeared, but held on. And as he ran back, seemed to gimp just a little bit. But we'll have to wait and see if he's okay. Down to second base is Stanley. That was a fine play, incidentally, by Gene Michael. He was breaking on the cover and then had to come back to get the slow grounder. All right, Bill Freen, who doubled and popped to second, steps in. Detroit leading 1-0, fifth inning. Mambo catch to Freen. In the dirt, gives, blocks it nicely, and holds Stanley at second. Well, there's a sign on the board. Yankees welcome Pearl Bailey. And what a job she's doing, and hello, Dolly. Well, that's one of the great quickie songs of all time, I guess. You hear it once, and you go away humming it. One and over the count now. Freehan standing in there. Mambo Kid delivers a curve right down the middle. One ball, one strike. One ball, one strike, two outs. Yankees trailing one nothing. Mambo Ket, veteran right-hander, his tenth year in the big time, comes set. Check Stanley. Here's the pitch to Freeman in the dirt. Another nice play by Gibbs. Two balls and one strike. to go here. Mambo Kett taking his time out there. Comes set once again. Free and waiting. Here's the 2-1 pitch. Hit hard deep to left. Wow. Ooh, baby, was that ball plastered. That ball was really hit free and jumping out in front of a high slider. Hooked it hard and foul. In the fifth inning, Senators lead the Indians 1-0. Third inning, the Cubs 2, Houston nothing. And here it's Detroit 1, Yankees nothing. There's a 2-2 pitch, foul tip coming back on the screen, and the count holds two balls and two strikes to Freeman. Cash waiting on deck. Mambo Kett has thrown a lot of pitches out there. Defense for Freehan. They play him deep in the outfield. Infield is about straight away and the outfield pretty much straight away. They don't play him to pull too much. Here's a 2-2 delivery. Sidearm curve and he gets a little piece of that as it's fouled off to the ball boy just to the left of the Yankee dugout. 
Brian, the only catcher since Mickey Cochran, who caught for Detroit, to bat 300. All right, Brian is waiting. Mambo Kett gets a sign from Jake. Mambo set. The next one to free. And oops, that ball fouled off his bat. That almost hit him. That ball is right around his uh, Adam's apple. And he's uh, playing with that right hand of his like the ball might have touched his fingers off that bat. See, Freehan hit 300 back in 1964 and then had two bad years where he batted only 234, but last year bounced back at 282. So Freehan almost got nailed with a fastball around the Adams apple by Mambo is digging in once again. Stanley at second base, two outs, a 2-2 count. Mambo again, here it comes. It's on the corner, strike three, he got him. Brian took it all away, and that's strikeout number four for Mambo. For Detroit, no runs, no hits, one Yankee error, one man left. And the score after four and a half, Detroit, one run on six hits, the Yankees, no runs on no hits. So we're all set to go here in the bottom of the fifth inning, and coming on to tell you all about it is the scooter, Phil Rizzuto. Philip? All right, thank you, Jerry. And we've got quite a ball game going on here. Pitching duel, one or nothing. Yankees still looking for their first hit of the ball game. Four innings without a base hit. Gene Michael bounced out in front of the plate his first time up. Joe Squammer delivers the pitches in there. Strike one call. has been a little while today. He's walked four men. Joe's next pitch. Ground ball to third. Nice play by Wirt. Fires to first. One out. That ball almost got by him. It would have been a double down the line as Gene was trying to go that way. And hit the ball sharply. And right now on New York Yankee baseball, we pause for station identification. Join me, Harry Downey, weekdays 10 to 11.30 a.m. here on WGY 810 on your dial, Schenectady. Hi, Bill Mambo Cat. Mambo fly to left field his first time at bat. He was up with runners at second and third and two out in the second inning. Almost dumped one in a short left field. Spam is pitched, foul, upstairs, out of play. You know, when Lou Gehrig retired from baseball, he told a packed Yankee stadium, I consider myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. He was only 36 then. He was dying, and he knew it. And there's a great lesson to learn from Lou Gehrig. And there are great lessons to learn from other baseball immortals. You'll find a lot of their stories on the 40-page baseball special in the May Reader's Digest. It's presented by Uniroyal, the people who make the rain tire, especially for wet roads. There's a fly ball to left field, hit well, but right at Northrop, it's two out. And it brings up Horace Clark. Horace has bounced to short and hit back to the box. All right, Clark the batter. Two out, nobody on. One nothing Detroit lead. 
Joe Palmer with the short windup. Curve high outside, ball one. On deck, Jake Gibbs. John Wirt playing in at third base. Fastball ground ball to his left oiler, up with it. Fires to Cash for the out. The Yankees are retired in order. Nothing across. And the score now, at the end of five full innings, Detroit won and the Yankees nothing. Tipperillo asked the American people what they thought of the world's first menthol cigar. New Tipperillo M with menthol. Excuse me, sir. How does the idea of a menthol cigar sound to you? Menthol cigar? Hello? I'm calling for Tipperillo. We'd like your candid opinion about the idea of a menthol cigar. Menthol cigar? Pardon me, sir. Yes, would you mind rolling down your window? I'd like to ask you how the idea of putting menthol in a cigar sounds to you. Then we got wise and didn't mention our cigar was menthol. Uh, sir, would you mind trying a new taste in cigars from Tipperillo? Well, what's in it? Oh, well, here, let, let me just light it up for you. I'm sure you'll... Uh, mm, how, how does it taste? Oh, cool, cool, huh? Yeah, kind of refreshing. Oh, that's good news. It tastes great. What did you say the name of the cigar was? I think we're going to have to call it the great taste that sounds terrible. <laughs> new Tipperillo M with menthol. For Detroit, it'll be Norm Cash, Jim Northrup, and Don Wirt to face Bill Monboquet. Mambo has allowed six base hits. He has not walked anybody, struck out four, and has allowed just one run. And that came in the fourth inning with one out, Northrup single to right. On the hit and run, Don Wirt single to center, sending Northrup to third. And then Euler hit a sacrifice fly to Bill Robinson in center field. It was an unusual uh, play in the sense that Jim Northrup at third base did not take the customary stance at third with his left foot on the bag and looking at the outfielder, he put his right foot on the bag and watched the coach, Tony Cuccinello, who gave him the sign win a run, and I've never seen that before. It worked, though. He scored. Cash 0 for 2. Curveball in there. Strike one call. Cash has bounced to second and bounced to first. Mayo Smith, the Tiger manager, in the same spot that Ralph Hawk is in the Yankee dugout on the steps of the dugout. Low one-on-one. Beautiful day for this doubleheader. Good crowd on hand. The one-one pitch on the outside corner. And man, that Mambo has been nicking those corners. Cash steps back. Talks to Demuro. Norm walks around in a circle whenever he is dissatisfied with a call. Hangs his head, shakes it a little bit. Still plenty of time for you folks listening to get out for the rest of this game and all of the second game. Kirk swing and a miss as he took something off it. Strikeout number five for Mambo. And here is Jim Northrup. Bounce to first, single to right field. He has scored the game's only run.
Pitcher bounce a nice play by Mambo. Backhands it, wheels around, throws to Mantle in time for the out. Two up, two down. And the batter now downward, struck out and single to center field. The youngsters are out in force today. Pitch by Mambo, curve high, ball one. They got the signs around the upper deck. All of them from Mickey Mantle. One is just a big number seven. And that tells the story in itself. Slow curve over. One ball, one strike. I said it's worth the price of admission just to come out and watch Mambo Kett operate on these hitters. That's the sign from Jake Gibbs. Slow curve, a little low. Two balls and a strike. On deck, Ray Euler. Mambo Kett takes no chances of getting called for uh, going with his right fingers to his mouth. He takes the glove off, holds it in the right hand, and then mops his brow or his face with the left hand. The 2-1 pitch popped up to the right side mantle. And now Clark calls him off. And Clark is there. Makes the catch in foul territory. And so the Tigers get down in order. And the score now at the end of five and a half innings, Detroit won, the Yankees nothing. You know, weekends can turn into the busiest time of the week. That's the time you shop and do necessary household chores. But let's face it, weekends should be a time for the whole family to be together time to relax and enjoy yourself. This weekend, for example, why not load the family into the car and take off on an Atlantic Weekender Tour to one of the interesting destinations in Atlantic's free Weekender Tour Guides. In case you're not familiar with the tour guides, let me tell you about them. They're more than just trips. These one-day and weekend planned tours to nearby exciting and unusual locations not only tell you how to get there, but they point out what to see on the way and what to do once you arrive. These Weekender tour guides are free, of course. Just stop in at any Atlantic station and ask for one. And while you're there, fill up with Atlantic Imperial, the gasoline that cleans the throttle plate area of your carburetor as you drive and keeps it clean. You'll find the goings great when you travel the Imperial Road with Atlantic Imperial, the clean carburetor gasoline. Leads it off for the Yankees here in the bottom of the sixth inning. Gibbs has popped the third and bounced to the shortstop. An aeroplane flew out on the field, and uh, Bill Freehan is picking it up, putting it in his pocket. All right, the Yankees looking for their first hit in the ball game. Detroit leading one to nothing. Joe Spalmer out on the mound. Spalmer's pitch to Gibbs outside ball one. On deck, Mickey Mantle. There's the windup. 
pitch right in there. Strike called. One and one. Palmer really chewing that gum out on the mound. He's blowing bubbles. I thought he was blowing bubbles out there. The pitch, a bouncer over his head, off his glove. Oiler in up with it. Throw to first base. They got him. A good play as Farmer deflected the ball just enough so that Oiler could make the play over the bag and the batter, Mickey Mantle. Detroit leads 1-0. The pitch to White is low. Ball one. Thought we had a Frenchman in our booth for a minute there, but it's Ernie Harwell with his little French hat on. There's a curve over strike called. And on deck, Bill Robinson. Word plays in at third. Palmer's pitch high. Two balls and a strike. Palmer, like Mambaquet, takes his time out on the mound. Gets the sign from Fran. Here's the windup. The pitch, a foul off the plate and hit White in the leg. Evens the count at two and two. Two balls, two strikes, two out. All right, Joe Spalmer getting ready out on the mound. His pitch is hit down the left field line, but curving foul. Well, just missed hitting the foul ball. That ball went pretty far. And it's two balls, two strikes. Well, dare long, our old buddy. And would have been the first left-hand catcher in baseball if they'd let him. How you doing, Dale? Thanks, Bill. Great. Good. Now, isn't that true that you were trying out uh, with the Pirates, was it, catching left-handers? In 1951, Mr. Ricky tried to make a left-handed catcher out of me. Well, there's no rule against it, is there? No, not actually. I think it's just a matter of uh, complicating and custom. 
Right is the 2-2 pitch to White. Line drive right at Don Word for the out. So, it's three up, three down, and the score now at the end of six full innings. The Tigers won and the Yankees nothing. Well, as we told you, we're talking with Dale Long here, and Dale, uh, you left baseball, you uh, started to make umpiring a career, and what happened? <laughs> it's not that uh, easy a transition, Phil. Uh, I don't know, I just, uh, well, like last year, I was in the International League, and uh, Jim Bowden come down to pitch. Well, Jim was a teammate of mine. Well, you know who's going to get the break from me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, I was no kid going into it, uh, and uh, I just didn't care for it that much. I have a... I work for Susan Roebuck now, and I got a good job with him, and uh, not on the basis of Ted Williams. And well, Arnold I just Palmer, want to mention uh, Williams and Palmer. I'm a peon. I work. Well, you're in good company, <laughs> though, and, you know, a little of that might rub off, uh, Dale. Right, but I, I sure miss baseball, Phil. Oh, I uh, guess you do. It's a great affiliation. It certainly has been, and it always gives you a good entree into uh, places where you might not be able to get. I run a sports program, too, you know. No kidding, Oh, yeah. wonderful. This is out of the Albany station up in uh, Albany, New York. Do you ever see Jeff Davis up there when you were there? I sure do. Are you on the same Jeff... station with Jeff? No, he's no. on another uh, WEE, and I'm WPTR. But Jeff just got another job, and uh, he's doing very well. I know he is, and he's a great man. But uh, that's interesting. Uh, is it a uh, regular sportcast? Do you give scores or interviews? Uh, five minutes a night, uh, five nights a week. And uh, it's all new to me, believe me. <laughs> I said it. Stick with it, because it's a wonderful thing to do. And it keeps you in contact with all the sports anyway. We're getting ready for the uh, top of the seventh inning. Mambo's first pitch to Oiler hit high in the air to center field. Robinson going back, backpedaling fast. He's there now and makes the catch. And Oiler hit that ball over 400 feet, but that's Death Valley here at Yankee Stadium. And it's a long out, one away. Oiler one for one. Brings up Joe Sparma, bounce to short, and bounce to third. turns around, wants to make sure that Robinson has come back from that long run in center field. Here's the first pitch, and it's popped foul in back of the plate near the screen. Gibbs coming back and makes the catch right in front of the screen. And Dale, that's got to be one of the toughest plays for a catcher. Sure is. In fact, it's a good one to make there because the ball's coming back into him. Jake, uh, Jake played it real well. He did. You know, uh, Bill Kane put a piece of gum down there, and he says Dale put his gum on the table just like he used to put it on the cap. So you and I were from that same school, huh? Putting the gum on the button of the cap. Listen, Phil, my father used to bring me out and watch you play in oh. St. Louis. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I first saw the gum on the cap. <laughs> okay, buddy. <laughs> Here's Dick McAuliffe. Struck out, hit to the box, and was thrown out by Jake Gibb. 0 for 3 for McAuliffe. Two out, nobody on. One nothing. Detroit leads. Top of the seventh. A wind up by Mambo. His curve is low. Ball one. So by the way, does that record that you held still uh, hold, hitting consecutive home runs in consecutive days? It sure does. How so. many? It was eight and eight games. Eight and eight games. The thing I got going for me. They break that, then I'm gone. Well, listen, that's quite a record. That's pretty tough to break. Well, I was very, very fortunate. No, no. When you get on a hot streak, though, I guess uh, you don't care who's pitching or that's, where the that's, ball that's is. That's true. Very true. 
All right, two balls, no strikes on McAuliffe. We're talking with Dale Long. The 2-0 delivery. He runs up to Bunt, takes it, and man, Gibbs and Mambo didn't like that call. I was talking to Ralph Houseville about this ballpark. Isn't it beautiful? Oh, it is. Man, they really fixed it up. To come in here. It is. Even before, they repainted it and refurbished it. But it still gives everybody a big thrill. And those rookies, when they first come in, they almost faint. <laughs> the 3-0 pitch right down the middle. Strike call, 3-1. Well pitched ball game by uh, Mambo Kid and Sparma. Sparma with the edge right now, a one nothing lead. Slow curve is in there, and McAuliffe bluffed the bunt. It's three and two. Something you never used to see in the old days, Dale—a three-one pitch and a slow curveball. That's where the whole trend comes today. Really, it's uh, baffling how these boys can throw it. That like that. You used to go to the fastball. Oh, sure. Here's the payoff pitch. Another slow curve. Popped up. Bill Robinson and Roy White after it. Robinson calls and makes the catch. So, again, it's three up and three down. And the score now, at the end of six and a half innings, Detroit won and the Yankees nothing. Say, kids and old-timers, too, how would you like to hear the voice of the babe or the Iron Horse, Demise, Reynolds, Rolf and Ruffing, all the other Yankee greats, merely by picking up a phone and listening. Well, it's just that easy. The Yankee Hall of Fame at Yankee Stadium is filled with the voices of Yankee players who were the glory of their time. Just wait till you hear the play-by-play -play account of Mickey hitting his 500th homer, or Casey telling you about his greatest baseball thrill, or the great Lou Gehrig making his sad farewell to baseball. Don't miss your chance to hear the most unforgettable moments in baseball as told by baseball's most unforgettable heroes. You can hear them in the Yankee Hall of Fame at Yankee Stadium. And just a word to you moms and dads listening, when you bring the youngsters out to Yankee Stadium to see the Yankees this year, they'll have a chance to see Mickey Mantle and all the greats of today. Be sure to take those youngsters by the Hall of Fame. Let them listen to the voices of some of the greatest ball players of all time. ready for the bottom of the seventh inning. It'll be Bill Robinson, Steve Whitaker, and Bobby Cox to face Joe Spahn. Robinson walked and bounced to the shortstop. You can hear the youngsters yelling here, and there are lots of them here today. Cap day today at Yankee Stadium. They're all waving their Yankee caps. The pitch to Robinson almost hit him. Man, he had to jump back in a hurry. Ball one. But we told you Spahn likes to use that brush back pitch. But at least he keeps it from the shoulders on down. Here's the 1-0 delivery. Hit the short left field, and that ball's going to drop in for the first hit for the Yankees. Robinson trying for two, and he's out at second base, and he's arguing down there. A close play at second base, and what a throw by Jim Northrup. The tag by McCullough. It had to be a perfect throw. And Robinson didn't think he was out. Uh, Jim Northrup threw a strike to Dick McAuliffe, and Robinson is out trying to stretch the single or double. Man, he called that play quick down there. Ooh, I'd hate to be an umpire on that one, Dale. I don't know. There's uh, 
they teach you to wait that little instant. You know, make for Baker call. He seemed like he had his arm up before he even got there. And that's a tough thing for umpires. They make a decision sometimes beforehand, and they call it automatically. Guys only count horses. Yes, you're right. There's a strike to Whitaker who has walked twice. But that's interesting. They do teach you to uh, hesitate before you make that call. And right. you got to have that hesitation there and let it happen. Let it happen first. Right. Another curve over strike two, and Whitaker didn't like that call. Well, I notice it with several of the umpires now behind the plate. And for a while, uh, I was uh, jumping the gun. I'd say ball one. But then, like Umont and a couple other ones, they'll wait that fraction of a second and then put the right hand up. So right. then I had a time myself that's with them. That's good. You know, yes, that's why is. they go to spring training, too. They have to pick up their timing just like the players do. Right. It's not as easy to just come out of bed and call a pitch. All right. All right. Two strikes on Whitaker. One out. Nobody on. Curve. Bounce to the right side. McAuliffe comes in. One hand to flip the catch in time. The Yankees get their first hit of the game. Oh, Bill Robinson trying to stretch it into a double is thrown out on a very close play at second base. Here's Bobby Cox. Bounce the third, hit into a double play. Are there any kids around, Dale, that uh, you umpired against that are up in the big leagues now? Oh, yes. Uh, Mike Ferrero was at uh, Syracuse last year and Toledo the year before. Bill Robinson. Uh, Ray Euler was at Syracuse two years ago. Uh, sure, a great uh, heartwarming to see these fellows make it. Uh, so just what I was going to say, it must be wonderful to see these kids in the minors raw rookies and then develop enough to get to the big league. Oh, yeah, they have a lot of them. Steve Womack, uh, a lot of the Yankee pitchers uh, were down in the International League. Uh-huh. All right, Bobby Cox has the count of no balls and two strikes on him with two outs. Nobody on here in the bottom of the seventh, and the Tigers leading one to nothing. The Tigers scored that one run in the fourth inning. Bobby Cox is funny, uh, Phil. Uh, he was at Richmond last year when I was down there, and if the ball comes in, he thinks it's a ball, he hollers, no. No, no. the umpires himself. It was really shocked me when he first did it to me. Uh-huh. Here's the two-strike pitch, a bouncing ball foul. Frank Crosetti, one hand at the old crow. Hasn't missed one yet. He hasn't missed one. And doesn't he look the same as when he broke in in 31? You remember that, right? Oh, come on. Huh? <laughs> he sure hasn't changed. No, he hasn't. Still 0-2 on Bobby Cox. Being an umpire, though, I imagine uh, you don't like the uh, ball players arguing too much on pitches. I mean, the fans start getting on you then, don't they? Well, they're a little more understanding. I think I was more understanding than most of the umpires. I know how tough it is to get up here, Phil. It's not easy. Right. The pitch, a curve, and he sits down. It's high and inside. One ball, two strikes. You don't, you don't mind a legitimate gripe, but a fellow that's trying to find it out, he's not going to make a goat out of you, and that's the guys you look out for. By the way, what did you say you did with Sears Roebuck? Your job? I'm in commercial sales. I sell for them. So. Oh. Everything? We got 200,000 items. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's the one-two delivery. Low ball two, two and two. On deck, Gene Michael. into the windup. The pitch is a base hit to left field. Bobby Cox gets his first 
Major League base hit is the Yankee. A bullet to left field. That man, I bet he's happy, Dale. I knew I'd bring hit. that boy luck. Out of boy. That first hit sometimes is a long time coming. And we're going to have a pinch hit as Tommy Tresh is coming up to bat for Gene Michael. Joe Freeman goes out to the mound to talk with Farmer. So the Tigers got a big break here when Bill Robinson singling, leading off the inning, tried to stretch it into a double and was thrown out. So it's two out now with Bobby Cox at first base. Bobby walking around down there. I don't know whether he pulled a muscle or anything. He's, uh... But now Tommy Trish is batting for Gene Michael. Gene was 0 for 2 while he was in there. Tommy's been about 46 times, seven hits, one double, one homer. He has seven RBI. One nothing Detroit lead. Tresh steps in. Pounding the bat on the plate. Cash holds first against Cox. Here's the stretch. The pitch low, ball one. Do you remember your first uh, big league hit? No. Oh, I'll never forget it. It was a bunt okay. against the Philadelphia Athletics when they were in. Pete Suda was playing third. I'll never. Do you? No, I remember mine. Who'd you get it off? Uh, Evo Blackwell. Oh, oh, well, you were left-handed. <laughs> There's not too many right-handers got hit off him. The pitch, a foul at the plate. It hit Tommy in the leg. One ball, one strike. How many clubs did you play with, Dale, in your major league career? Uh, six. Six? And five in the national, one in the American? Or? Uh, no, I was two. I, I played with Washington. Oh, that's I right. I won the expansion. Uh-huh. Uh when they had the expanding club. Right. How long were you with the Yankees? I was here uh, twice, three years. Did a great job pinch hitting. I remember that. All right, Cox leads away at first base. The stretch, the pitch outside. Two balls and a strike. Tigers one, Yankees nothing. Tigers with six hits, Yankees with two. Each team has made one error. On deck, Bill Mamboquette. The stretch by Palmer. Cox leads away. Foul tip off the shin guard of Bill Fran. The count is even at two and two. Two balls, two strikes, and two out. So a new ball thrown out to Joe Palmer. Another big ball game to go after this one. Joe Palmer still nonchalantly blowing bubbles out on the mound. Leans in to get the sign. Now he's ready. His pitch inside, and Tommy almost stepped into that fast one. It's three balls, two strikes. Cox will be off with the pitch, which gives the Yankees a little edge right here. He'll be running, could score on a long single. Cash now moves in back of the runner at first base. Got to be careful here. They might put a play on. Ready for the payoff pitch. There goes Cox. The curve is swung at and missed strike three. 
as he changed up on a curveball and had Tresh out in front. So for the Yankees, no runs, two hits, no tag of errors, one man left, and at the end of seven full innings, it's Detroit one and the Yankees nothing. If you were born poor, in a city slum or a migrant worker camp, a worn-out farm or an Indian reservation, your whole perspective is different. You think of the rest of America as something quite separate from you. What do the people out there know about you? What do they care? Well, there are men and women, young and old, who care enough to spend a year of their lives full-time concentrating on spreading around some opportunity. They are VISTA volunteers, lucky people who've had the breaks and who want to help give somebody else a break. Uncle Sam pays them $50 a month plus expenses so they don't do it for the money. They do it because they want to be a part of making America greater still. VISTA, volunteers in service to America. Write to VISTA, Box B, Washington, D.C. Ruben Amaro has gone in to play shortstop in place of Gene Michael. Right now on New York Yankee Baseball, we pause for station identification. Harry Downey asking you to join me weekdays, 3 to 6 p.m. here on WGY 810 on your dial, Schenectady. All right, Mickey Stanley has struck out single to center and reached on an error. Right-hand batter, Mambo's pitch, a bouncer foul to the left of the plate, strike one. Bobby Cox hustles in to pick it up. Outfield straight away on Stanley. On deck, Al Kaline. Pitch by Mambo, sidearm curve, foul down the left field line, going back into the stands and out of play. Nothing in two. Well, as we told you, we've been chatting here with Dale Long a little bit. Dale, you uh, look in as good a shape as you did when you were playing. What are you doing? Well, I got a few gray hairs, Bill. No, I don't mean uh, I got them, too. I mean your, your body looks pretty good. Well, uh, I play a little golf. I joined the crowd. No kidding. Left-handed? Oh, yeah. I'm a hacker. <laughs> the pitch is just outside. One ball, two strikes. You ever run into Ted Williams any travels? Yes, Ted uh, comes around once in a while. Uh, I've talked to him a couple times. He's put on a few tons. Yes, I noticed. He's a little roly-poly right now. I've been very active up in... Uh, I now live up in Albany, New York. Uh, Saratoga County. And... Uh, I fool around a little bit of basketball and uh, baseball now. It's in season. It's a nice part of the country. My daughter went to school there for a while at Skidmore up in that oh, area. Yeah. yeah. It's a good thing you know now because my son goes to Union. <laughs> and uh, they, they have a, shru a shuttle between uh, Union oh, College Skidmore. and Skidmore. Check swing ground ball to Mandel at first. Mickey's up with it. He'll step on the bag. And it's one away. By the way, have you seen Mickey at first base at all other than this game? Uh, no. He, he looks better and better over there. Well, I got a letter from him last year, and he said I had it so fouled up nobody could play it. <laughs> but he said he finally smoothed it out. Now it's all right again. 
but he has surprised so many people with his uh, play at first base. Well, it's that uh, most uh, vulnerable spot. It can be played by most anybody, and Mickey's very adaptive to baseball. I think he could do anything if he put his heart to it. Oh, yes, anyway. Now K-Line, a single fly to center, Boston short. Takes the pitch a little high, ball one. Mambo gets the sign from Gibbs. Pitch swing and a foul tip, and at Nick Gibbs, one ball, one strike. Jake flinched a little bit. Jake got the meeting there again. Teddy, he's got a magnet in that hand of his. He, he gets hit with more foul tips. So shaking hands with him is like shaking hands with a bag full of walnuts. <laughs> Most catches are like that, don't you agree? I mean, with the broken. Best one I've seen is Jim Hegan. Oh, he was great. As they slow ground ball to third, it kicks foul. They would not have gotten K-line on that one. Cox was playing deep. It's one ball, two strikes. That's right. Jim was uh, one of the most graceful catches. He reminded me a lot of Bill Dickey behind the plate. Pretty like a shortstop, really. Yeah. There was none of this bulwark of blocking the ball. But you remember, he caught uh, four 20-game winners and uh, oh, Lemon and Garcia. I remember. We had to face them. <laughs> one right after the other. You never had a breather with those guys. And he was a picture catcher. Yes, he was. All right, it's one ball, two strikes on K-Line, one out. There's nobody on. Detroit leads one nothing in the top of the eighth. Pitch by Mambo, foul back off the screen. On deck, Bill Friend. is low and outside, two and two. Two balls, two strikes, one off. Mambo ready again. His slow curve hit on the ground hard. Cox, nice play. A long throw. In time to get K-line. And Bobby Cox did not flinch. That ball was hit like a bullet, one hop. Bobby got his body right in front of the ball, put his glove right at the belt, and it was right in there. Two out and three in the batter. Three in his double. Popped the second and struck out. Big right-hand hitting catcher. On deck, Norm Cash. Here's the pitch to Freehan. It's on the inside corner. Strike one call. It's a shame, but this could be the last inning of pitching for Bill Monboquette. He is scheduled to lead off in the bottom of the eighth inning. He's had quite a year for the Yankees. The one-strike pitch, a bounce to third base. Cox has the ball. Fires to Mantle in time. Another one, two, three inning, the third in a row for Mambo against Detroit. And the score now at the end of seven and a half innings, Detroit won and the Yankees nothing. Well, we're talking with Dale Long up here, and Dale has uh, just taken a bite of a delicious sandwich that I'm going to do when this game is over. I'll never forget the day I was playing out here in a doubleheader, and some guy walked out and he turned around. He scared me. He was on the field. And he had a Civil War uniform on. He says, where's those damn Yankees? No kidding. <laughs> <That's the goodest. laughs> we had some characters run out on the field. 
Right now, he is a pretty good young ball player, Andy Costco, who will be pinch hitting for Bill Mambo Cat. So Mambo works eight real fine innings again. He allowed six hits. He did not walk a man, struck out five, and allowed just the one run. So Andy Costco comes on. The Yankees trailing by one here in the bottom of the eighth inning. Andy's been up six times with two base hits. Takes a curve over, strike one call. Andy has not started a game. He has been used just as a pinch hitter. Outfield plays him straight away. Can't score a right-hand batter. The one-strike pitcher curved low. He checked his swing in time. One ball, one strike. Palmer gets the sign from Friend. Rocks back. Fastball, base hit the center field. Costco hit a bullet right up the middle. So Andy's third pinch hit this year. The third hit off Farmer. And now the top of the Yankee order. Horace Clark, Jake Gibbs, and Mickey Mantle to follow. Ralph Hawk has said so often one reason the Yankees are playing so much better ball is because of the bench he has right now. It's the best bench he's had since 1964. That was the year that Yogi Berra managed the Yankees to a pennant, their last one. Five Horace Clark over three in the ball game. Bounce to short, twice hit back to the box. Work moves in at third base. Costco leads away. Here's the stretch. The pitch. He squares, bunts the ball. It's a dandy. Farmer has to go to first. In time, almost threw the ball in the right field, but the sacrifice is successful. It moves Costco to second base. The play goes from one to four. The pitcher to the second baseman covering. And it brings up Jake Gibbs. All right, Jake Gibbs the batter. Jake has popped the third, bounced the short, and then was robbed of a base hit on a fine play by Ray Oil. Andy Costco, the potential tying run at second base, and on deck, Mickey Mantle. The crowd is building up for one medal comes to the plate. He pitched to Gibbs, a bouncer right back to Palmer. He wheels, throws to first, though. He had Costco hung up between second and third, but did not throw. And here comes Mantle. second with two out. We're in the bottom of the eighth. Detroit leading one to nothing. Here's the stretch by Farmer. His pitch. High drive to deep left field. Way back. Way back. That ball is in the bleachers for a home run. Wait a minute. It bounced into the bleachers. The ball bounced into the bleachers in deep left field. And the ball game is tied up. 
one apiece. Holy cow, did he hit that one of the opposite field. That ball was over 400 feet. It bounced on the running track and then into the bleachers. It looked like it went in on a fly. The ball game is tied up 1-1, and this crowd is standing here at Yankee Stadium. Oh, man, did he tag that one. Oh. And you just heard the echo of that blast that mantle hit, a firecracker. Here comes Mayo Smith out. It'll give me a chance to catch my breath. One of the longest opposite field baseballs ever hit. That ball was close to 450 feet to left field. It took one bounce over the auxiliary scoreboard and into the bleachers, and Sparma is coming out. And that's enough to shake anybody up. Mickey Mantle. I mean, you just can't say enough about this guy. Holy cow, did he hit that one, and they want a new pitcher out there. So the Yankees now were hitless up to the seventh inning when they got two hits, Robinson and Cox, but didn't score. Here in the eighth, Andy Costco started the rally, pinch hitting for Bill Monboquette, and Costco lined a single to center, then Clark sacrificed in the second, Gibbs hit back to the box. Costco held second. And on the first pitch to Mantle, Mickey hit one nine miles to left field. It took one bounce into the bleachers. And the ball game is tied up with two out. Mantle at second and Roy White the batter and a new pitcher coming in for the Tigers. Well, Mr. Long, have you ever seen any ball or many balls hit to the opposite field that far? I saw a couple of them, and he hit them all. Okay. <laughs> you scared me there for a second, because I can never remember one being hit to the opposite field that far, outside of Mantle. I'm talk not talking about the home runs he hit World Series in Pittsburgh and in Ebbets Field and in every place he played. He's oh, hit them a long uh, way. Uh, I saw him hit one in Cleveland one day the same way, opposite with right-handed, though. And he hit it on top of the Cleveland bullpen. That's right. I remember he, uh, that one? He's awful strong. Well, I'm glad I came today to go and witness that. Well, I'm glad you came because you said you were the good luck charm for Cox to get his first base hit. And you're here now with Mantle hitting that tremendous double. And John Warden is coming on. Jonathan Edgar Warden, Jr. Six feet tall, 205 pounds. He's only played two years of professional ball. In 66, he was with Daytona Beach. In 67, with Rocky Mountain. He has won three and lost none. And he's only been in three ball games. This is his fourth appearance of the year. He's only pitched a total of three and a third innings. Has not allowed a run. Has allowed just one hit. Walked two, struck out one. Man, I'd say he came in at the right time and got the job done, Dal. Many times, it looks like. Maybe we can tie one on him here, Phil. 
Make them three and one. Would you do a little talk and do tell some stories or sell some Sears merchandise while I get my breath back? I yelled so loud on that ball mantle hit. First, I thought it was in the seat. That I got dizzy, you know, I have low blood pressure, and I yelled too loud and jumped up too quick. Well, go ahead. You didn't jump very high because you're not go too ahead. big, you know. <laughs> it's sure great to be down here, Phil, and see this fine crowd that turned out today for Cap Day at Yankee Stadium. That's another thing yeah. you did. You brought the biggest crowd of the year here. Well, I don't know. I like to come down here during the week when it's all nice and quiet and you got it to yourself, but the, the, these kids today are really having a ball. Oh, they are. And there's no better place to bring kids, you know, Dale, into a ballpark. Really, it's uh, quite an education. And they really enjoy themselves. I bought three little boys with me today. Did you? Yeah. Bobby and right. Craig Bauer and uh, Joey Rossetti from Albany. Sure. And uh, they're sitting down here in the box seat. I can't get them to come with me because they're enjoying the game too much. All right, here's Roy White batting right-handed against Lawton. He takes the pitch high, ball one. Mickey Mantle at second base. Mickey ties the ball game up with a tremendous double. Roy White is 0 for 3 in the ball game. The pitch is low, ball two. Two balls. Appropriate sign up here, Phil. Sock it to him, Mick. Yeah, <laughs> he did. Well, you know, all those signs out there, there's one up there that he just narrowly missed. He said, get your 522nd homer today. And he came as close as you could without making it a homer. Any other ballpark, a home run. The 2-0 pitch to White. A base hit to left field. Mickey Mantle. Around third. They're waving him in. Here's the throw. He flies and he's in there. He's taking the plate. That was just a little high, and the Yankees lead two to one. Roy White coming through with a clutch single to left field, and Northrop charged that ball, knowing that Mantle has trouble rounding the bases, and Mickey did, but he put on the speed halfway between home and third, and a beautiful slide. You know what I liked about the slide, Dale? He did not hook into the plate. He kept that left foot out straight and hit the bag just before Green made the tag. Shortest distance. Right. Holy cow. The Yankees lead two to one, and they're going to put Bill Robinson on and pitch to Whitaker. Bill Robinson getting an intentional pass. With Roy White, who went to second base on the throw to the plate. White, leading the major leagues in hitting before today's game, gets his first hit. He's one for four. But a big RBI. Yeah, I wish they wouldn't shoot those firecrackers off. Not just because it makes me jump, but it's dangerous. They're throwing down on the field. You remember uh, Sam Nairn, Phil? He was a coach for the Pirates. Uh-huh. He lost eyesight in one of his eyes in Brooklyn one time. That was field. Somebody dropped a firecracker out. No kidding. Exploded just about parallel with his head. Oh. Uh, it's not really right. No, Everybody likes isn't. a nice noise and a good time, but uh, there's a time and place for it. You're right. It's right, somebody else. It's not right. You're right. All right. Steve Whitaker has walked twice, bounced to second base, 
Green is out to the mound, talking with John Warden, who relieved Joe Farmer. You can hear the kids charging. Why, White is second. Robinson at first. Two outs. A stretch by Warden. Pitch to Whitaker. Strike on the outside corner. Bill Robinson got the first Yankee hit in this game in the seventh inning. Cox got a hit. Costco got a hit. Mantle got the big hit of the ball game. And then White. Single to drive in Mickey. The Yankees lead two to one. The stretch by Warden. The pitch outside. One ball, one strike. These things are pretty good, Phil. He does. You know, they've changed the stance, Dale. Yeah. You remember they used to have a wide open stance. Right. And he was trying to pull that outside pitch too much. He has closed it a little bit. He's still a little open. But he's able to go better to left field with the pitch. Fastball hits the left field. Coming on Northrop and makes the catch in short left field. He almost got one in there. But the Yankees come up with two runs on three base hits. No Tiger errors. Two men left. And the score now at the end of eight full innings. The Yankees two and the Tigers one. On the go. Go with Atlantic Imperial Gasoline and drive the Imperial Road. Atlantic keeps your car on the go. Atlantic keeps your car on the go. Go there is so much you can see. about how your car will perform along the way. Atlantic Imperial Gasoline helps take care of that wherever you go on the Imperial Road. You're always on the Imperial Road with Atlantic Imperial Gasoline. left-hander Steve Hamilton is coming on and this is just as it should be Dale Long. Bill Monbochet who pitched such a beautiful game has been taken off the hook and could be the winning pitcher he could not be the losing pitcher now. Right. He has pitched some ball. You know when you get a little older it's a shame but the older you get the smarter you get. Pretty soon the body can't call on the, you know, you're calling the body to do something that won't do it. Yeah, that's right, if you're too old. But Mambo, who when he first broke in, was just a thrower in that's my right, estimation. That's right, that's right. Boy, he has changed. He has made a science of pitching now. Kind of guy you'd probably like to catch. That's right. So Steve Hamilton will be trying to nail this one down for Bill Mambo, Kett, and the Yankees. He'll be facing... Norm Cash, Jim Northrup, and Don Work. Two left-hand hitters, and then a right-hand batter. Cash is 0 for 3. All right, here's Hamilton's first pitch to Cash. A curve, low ball one.
Wimbledon ready again. Curve over this time. Strike one, one on one. There's the guy that's rough on you, left hand batter, Dale. Sure is. He's six foot seven. He leans over like the leaning tower of pizza. <laughs> you heard that pizza now. Oh, I heard pizza. it. I heard it. I'm going to have one between games. Here's the one one delivery. Another curve in there. One ball, two strikes. Hamilton is making his third appearance of the year. He's only pitched three innings. He has not allowed a base hit. Walk one man. The one-two delivery. Just missed the outside corner and a little low. Two and two. That's what they call a slider on the half shell. <laughs> slider on the half shell. Well, that's why he's rough. He can throw the curve with the same motion and then the slider, and one doesn't break as much as the other. Here's his 2-2 pitch. Fly ball. It's short right field. White coming in. And makes the catch. He hit that ball right off the end of the bat, didn't he? He looked, he's finding the chalk right over his head. Yes, that's right. And that was the beauty of Hamilton's side-on curveball. About another inch inside, and that ball could have been in the seat. All right, here's Northrop. He bounced it first, single to right, and hit back to the box. Another left-hand batter. Steve Hamilton looking at the ball, checks it, doesn't like the way it feels, and throws it out. How can those pitchers have such sensitive fingers, Dale? Huh? How about the poor horse that came from? But uh, anyway, <laughs> oh, those mean, pitchers know. The horse side, you mean? They must have had sensitive something to get that horse side <laughs> off. But anyway, these pitchers know, I'll tell you. The curve is over. Strike one call. I never thought about the poor horse. He's no wonder I never heard from the ASPCA. I'm always saying the poor pitcher. <laughs> these <laughs> fellas know the height of the scenes and everything else yes, just by the touch do. of it. The one strike pitch. Curve foul back and out of play. Strike two. I mentioned that the pitchers could make pretty good safe crackers. With well, they, yeah, they touch it. And, uh, a lot of times it's a weight. Some balls weigh more than the others, and uh, they get scuffed up or something. They just don't. Uh, they just won't like what they like, and that's it. All right. Here's the two strike pitch. Side on curve popped up to the right side. Mickey Mantle is there in foul territory. Under it. Makes the catch away. The Tigers down to their last out, and it's John Word, who is one for three, single in the fourth inning. He had struck out in the second and popped the second in the sixth. Gives out to the mound. Has to look way up in the air at Big Steve Hamilton. Two men out. Yankees leading two to one. Hamilton turns around, looks at the defense. Word a right-hand batter. Whitaker in left, Robinson in center. Right and right. Here's the pitch to Euler, rather to Word. It's a strike on the inside corner, and Word didn't like that ball. Hands on his hip, shaking his head. Now he steps back into the batter's box. Oh, like it's built. oh, yeah. Nothing you Better can do stage. about it. Yep. The pitch is outside, one on one. Two out, nobody on. Two one, the Yankees lead. Top of the ninth inning. Hamilton wide. 
This pitch, a bouncer in front of the plate. Hamilton up with it. Throws to Mantle. The ball game is over. And Steve Hamilton pulls that game, the victory sign, as he sets the Tigers down in order in the top of the ninth inning. And the Yankees win it 2-1. to one. Well, the totals in the ball game for the Yankees Five hits, one error for Detroit. One run, six hits, one error. Mambo kept the winner. He's won three and lost one. Spawn of a loser. He's won one and lost two. Steve Hamilton gets a save. It all came down to that eighth inning for the Yankees after they were trailing one and nothing. The Tigers picked up a run in the fourth. A single by Northrop, a single by Word, and a sacrifice fly by Euler. But the Yankees, who were hitless till the seventh, came through in the eighth. Costco pinch hitting single. Clark sacrificed him the second. Gibbs hit back to the box, but Mantle hit a tremendous double to left field. One bounce into the bleachers, driving in Costco to tie it up. And then Roy White had a two-out line single to left. Mantle slid in just ahead of the tag. The Yankees win it two to one. Once again, the totals in the ballgame for the Yankees. Two runs, five hits, one error. For Detroit, one run, six hits, and one error. Now stay with us for that second game coming up shortly. Well, that wraps up the first game of this doubleheader, but we'll be back in approximately 20 minutes with the start of the second game. The game brought to you by the Atlantic Refining Company and your neighborhood Atlantic dealer, makers of Atlantic Imperial, and by White Owl Cigar. White Owl, made from patiently aged tobaccos, or extra flavor and mild.